Sup, world? My name's Justin. And I'm Josh. And did you know that Liam Neeson, the actor from Taken, used to be a teacher? And he actually got fired for hitting a student? Crazy. Crazy. This is the Do Life Project. Cheers, buddy. Yeah, I'm sure that's how he started. Beating up children. Yeah, I'm sure that's how he started the class. And he was just like, I can't deal with this kid. He hit a child. Yeah, apparently. So I I heard a story about this. And he was, I don't know if he was threatened or or what. But yeah, I guess he just lost it. (laughs) Do you know what grade? Uh, He was, uh, it was at St. Mary's College. So it was a college student. Oh, fuck. Yeah, all right. Throw hands, dude. Yeah. Not a kid anymore. He claims it was his worst day. That was his worst day? Yeah. That's a pretty good life. Yeah, can you do it? (laughs) You know, this prom... I think about that with almost all actors. Like, Harrison Ford used to be a carpenter. And the only reason that he got cast in uh, Star Wars was because he was asked to help somebody else audition. And he was told, there's no chance you're going to get this part. And he took that as, well, why the fuck am I going to try? Yeah. And came in like Han Solo would. Like just this nonchalant, yeah, fucking whatever, I'm here. Yeah, say the lines. And like he's brilliant, method actor. And and literally they were like, he's perfect. We can't tell him he's perfect, but this is who we need to cast. And that's just just by happenstance that he, he got the he got the gig. And that's sort of how it was Indiana Jones like that too? Like that sort that sort of nonchalant uh, attitude. I don't know, but I mean that's how he played the character. Yeah. No, I, sure. I didn't mean the casting portion of it, oh. but the, I've never seen the movies. Oh, yes. Was the character yes. sort of the same sort of nonchalant? Yeah, badass. badass. Just, just yeah. a badass. Cool. Somebody that could walk would walk into a room and know that, you know, he's among the badasses there. Yeah. Like, he doesn't need to put on a front and that he'll pull out his gun and shoot you. That's pretty cool. <laughs> like, there, there's just, a new one coming out. Yeah. And so, like, when I was growing up, my cousin Polly had, like, a... I don't know, like an N64 or whatever, or mm-hmm. w- whatever you could play Indiana Jones on. Okay. And that was my only real exposure to it. And the new movie looks pretty good. And I was like, I should go back and just, I'm going to be traveling so much. I was like, I should go back and rewatch you every definitely single should. fucking Indiana Jones. Yes. It'd be so cool. Yeah, it would be awesome. Yeah. You won't be disappointed. I think I'm going to do it. Okay, good. Good. What are we doing here, Justin? We are here for another sip and read. A little sip and read. And this one's going to be a little different because I brought Josh a beer that I already had earlier today out of curiosity, just seeing how he would enjoy it. It's around the holidays. And this was recommended to me by a coworker and it's called Holly Dots. And it is literally like apple pie in a can. It's it is, pretty good. It's delicious. It's pretty good. But it's I, pretty good. I wanted to call that out. It's pretty good. The only way that this could be better is if it was served in like a frosted glass with that brown sugar rim. Definitely. But this is, it's, it's, I'm not a big fan of cider, which we've talked Mm -hmm. about before. And this has on the front end, apple cider. And in the back end is like that cinnamon brown ale. It's good. It's, it's, it's really good. Yeah. So if you're, if you're looking for a taste of the holidays, recommend that. But. We also brought some whiskey. Yeah. And some other beers. Well, you did. Uh, I did. Yeah, me. So not only did Justin supply the book, but also the bevies. Yeah. Hey, you know, we're doing it all. It's the time of giving. 
So yeah, I did bring the book. Uh, it's a work of fiction called A Monster Calls. It was written by Patrick Ness, but it was original idea by Shaban Down Dowd D O W D. Cool beans. It is cool. It's kind of a sad book. Not gonna lie, it's pretty heavy. Um, I would recommend people read this book, but I do need to spoil it in order to kind of talk about it. So obviously, I'm going to give away the ending, but I do still think it's worth the read. Sure. Yeah, I think everybody has their own takeaways from books and just because you know what's going to happen. It's like the movie that starts at like the dude getting shot in the head and he's like, let me just oh, yeah. let me explain how we got here. Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah, like, that's uh, fair. American Beauty. Yep. Yeah. Oh, God, that movie. Love fantastic that movie. movie, dude. It's fantastic. It's, a fin- it's, it's almost a perfect movie. Borderline. Yeah, I yeah. would say so. Yeah. But before we get into the book, let's talk about the drinks that I brought. So we already talked about the the holiday one. We can move on from that. Let's talk about the whiskey. So I brought us some Japanese whiskey. We've sampled a different type on a previous episode. This is called Akashi. Uh, It is made by Igashima. And that is pretty much the end of what's on the bottle. It's Japanese whiskey, right? Yep, Japanese whiskey. Uh, The bottle does have some characters on it, but otherwise, pretty clean. Pretty, Pretty, yeah, pretty minimalistic bottle. It's pretty. It is pretty. Yeah, like it it catches your eye, even though there is pretty much nothing elegant happening. Yeah, Yeah, elegant. elegant. It's elegant. The only thing that kills. Thank you. The only thing that kills the elegance. Nope. No. Okay. So there is there's a stamp on it. Justin pointed to a stamp. No, go take take one more guess. Right, I pointed the stamp. I would the English words. No, what? No, you're touching it right now. Oh, the black cap. That black cap. Really? What do you Killed. think it should have been? Red. Cork. Cork. You think it should have been cork? Cork. Okay. Yeah, cork with like a like a a wooden cap with that ah. that stamp right there stamped into the wood. Okay. All right. They should fucking do it. They should hire you. They should give us a call. They should. They should give us a call. Like, yeah, we got you. But uh, yeah, so Japanese whiskey, take two, different style than the original one that we had. See how it tastes. How is it? Do you know how it's different? No. No, okay. (laughs) (laughs) We just know that it is because the name's different. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's not made by the same people, right? I think it is. Oh, really? I'll check the bottle after. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Smells yeah, good. Centauri, right? Is that what? That one is, yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's right. Okay, so then no, it's not the same company. Huh. Hmm. What are your thoughts? It's got a, it's very woody. Oh, you, so like a, it's very woody in like a smoky sense or like you're yeah. eating like a tree? No, 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 no. It's good. Smoky, oak. I get that vibe. It's really no burn. I'm going to give my rating okay. based on what you just said, and I'm going to rate this a six. Mm. So I like it. It's very good, but I like a little bit of a burn, and there isn't there isn't one. I would go as far as to say there isn't one. I would say the same thing. Yeah, no, there's not one. And it's not. it's hard to explain because I think the more complex flavors you have, you want that little bit of a burn. Yes. Right? Yep. If you have if you have minimal flavors, minimum burn, 
then what are you doing? Yeah, it it sort of drops it. I mean, it's it is good. I'm probably at like a six three. Yeah. Okay. Six three. Yeah, six three, yeah. six. You know, <laughs> it's all the same. It's all the same. It's, it's all the same. It's good, not great. I mean, it. If you don't like whiskey, I would start here. I think this is a good like first time kind yeah. of drink because yeah. there is no burn. Um. It does taste like whiskey, but it's not like overpowering or anything like that. With a no. couple ice cubes and a splash of water, you're you're golden. Yeah, yeah. A couple ice cubes and a splash of water, and you could probably sip on this all night. Oh yeah, oh definitely. I do like it. It is good. I I wouldn't I wouldn't not drink it. Sure, I'd yeah, say yeah. it's above average. Yeah, I would say it. Where it's not like a it's not like a knock on it. It's just from my perspective, from your perspective. I want it to be a little bit more uh, hard, I guess. Well, I think it's interesting that the more of these that we do, what I have found for myself, I'm not going to mm. speak for you, but for me, I appreciate the more complex flavors. Mm. Yeah. I'm, I'm starting to appreciate the bourbons and the whiskeys and the scotches that have a more complex palate. Starting to, hmm, st- I'm starting to like be able to pick out like different like tastes. Yeah, yeah. And be like, oh, this has this has this type of spice. Yeah. Uh, like you just said earlier, this tastes like smoked wood. Well, even like, that, even on the even on the beer, you were like, oh, does this have coffee in it? Oh yeah, it tastes like nitro brew. Yeah, and it did. It did. Yeah. Wow, we're becoming savants. You know, you know, we do what we do. All right, tell me about this sad, sad book. Oh, I will. So, before we go into the details about the book, um, this is considered a fantasy book, and I was telling Josh before we hit record that it's considered a low fantasy novel, and I had never heard of that before. And Josh, with all of his wisdom, was like, oh, yeah, it's, it's this. And he's right. Low fantasy is just that fantastical things happen in the real world. <laughs> Like Game of Thrones, Harry Potter. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, weird. Yeah, I like yeah. again, I just always pictured that as fantasy. fantasy. Yeah. And then sci-fi is more like outer space mm, and everything like aliens that. Aliens and But low fantasy. Huh. That's something I'll carry with me the uh at least the rest of the night. Maybe the rest of my life. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But a monster calls. So let me read you like a synopsis of the book and then we can go into some of the takeaways from it. Um, again, like I said at the opening, I do need to spoil what happens in the book, but I don't think it takes away from anything. And I think that you would still enjoy reading it. You know, I'll be honest. I think that the people that listen to these might, some of them might not have the time to read these books. That's true. And they come here and listen to get sort of the, the cliff notes of it. So I don't think we're actually spoiling anything for anybody. Okay, good. Yeah. I just want to make you feel better. Thank you. I was going to, I was worried. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let me read you the description of A Monster Calls. Then we can talk about the stories that the monster tells. And we can just talk about the overall feeling of the book. Now, Josh hasn't read it. I have. And again, it's, it's a very, it's a very heavy look on on life, really. You can apply this to everything. But the description goes, 
At seven minutes past midnight, 13-year-old Connor wakes to find a monster outside his bedroom window. But it isn't the monster Connor's been expecting. He's been expecting the one from his nightmare. The nightmare he's had nearly every night since his mother started treatments. The monster in his backyard is different. It's ancient and wild. And it wants something from Connor. Something terrible and dangerous. It wants the truth. From the final idea of award-winning author Saban Dowd, whose premature death from cancer prevented her from writing it herself, Patrick Ness has spun a haunting and darkly funny novel of mischief, loss, and monsters both real and imagined. So right right out the Fuck. gate, right out the gate, the person that actually thought of this book was unable to write it because they passed away from cancer. Fuck. Yeah, but it's... Yeah, I mean, there's no there's no way around it. Um, so the story, like it says, centers around this 13-year-old boy named Connor. Um, his mother is sick with cancer. His father it now lives in the United States. This, this happens across the pond. Um, his father lives in the United States with a new family and is pretty much using that as a way to avoid the situation. Okay. Um, I mean, Connor just feels very lonely, and I can't... Uh, how would you not? Again, yeah. your mother's gonna is passing away. Your dad doesn't want anything. She to do is with you. going to pass away. Yes, for sure. Yes, got it. Yes, this is this is this is terminal. Okay, and it's no. And, and it's he known. knows this. Yes. And, okay, so it's known. Okay. So as it says, you know, seven minutes past midnight, this giant fucking tree shows up, and it doesn't say it in the description, but the monster is this giant yew tree that lives in his backyard. And it comes to life and it tells him these four stories and it really kind of like shapes the message of the book. Um, again, I can tell you when I read it, I cried and I mean, I'm, I'm a bit of a baby. I cry at movies and stuff like that, but I was like, I think this is the only book I've ever cried at. Yeah. And it, again, it, it's heavy, but it's such a, it's such an honest look at what goes on in your head during difficult times. So I'm going to go through the four stories that the monster comes to tell Connor throughout the nights. Okay. There are four of them. Are we going one at a time? We're going to talk yeah. about each one? Yeah. We'll go it, one. Then there's like a key thing in each one. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Yep. So the first story is about an old king who lost his entire family except his grandson. He, remar he remarried this beautiful woman and she claimed to be a witch uh, but he dies long before the prince can come of age. And um, the grandmother, who was the witch, keeps the throne. Mm. So while the witch is on the throne, if she, is in, if she even really is a witch, I think that's important too. Okay. She just proclaims that she's a witch? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, she rules well and fairly, but she doesn't want to give up the, the, the crown. She doesn't want to give up the seat. To the grandson. Correct. So she figures, I'll just marry him. Okay. Why not? I guess they're not blood. Oh, I guess it didn't really matter. It didn't, didn't matter back then. <laughs> That's fair. So she was like, I'll just marry him. But the prince was like, no, I don't want to do that. And I have somebody that I want to be with. So they ran off together. He thought that he would be able to get the villagers of the surrounding towns to come to his side and be like, the rightful king should be on the throne. So he and the prince to, princess to be left and they're trying to gather troops and everything like that they go to sleep under this tree and he the prince wakes up the princess is murdered 
She's dead. Holy shit. He's covered in blood. And he goes to the town folk and is like, she did this. The witch killed my, my wife-to-be. Yeah. We need to overthrow her now. It is time now. And they do. He killed her. He killed her. Jesus Christ. The prince killed his future wife in order to guarantee that he would get the villagers to overthrow the queen. So this story, Fuck, it discusses the need for humans to lie to themselves. It discusses the need for the lies that you tell yourself for the comfort and the happiness. Like, this is the right thing to do. The this prince, is the only way. The prince believed this was the right thing to do. But, fuck. Fuck is right, dude. So I think that's interesting, and that's point one that made me think. Are the lies that we tell ourselves, first of all, do we even know we're lying to ourselves? And then second, what, what is the benefit, or what is the, what is the pros and cons of lying to yourself? Because I think it can be a positive at times. Sure. Situation like that, bit more difficult. <laughs> yeah. Bit of a stretch, but... What do you think? I think that on some subconscious level, we are aware of the lies that we tell ourselves. Mm. Right? I 100% agree. And when it creeps up, you fucking bury it. Mm -hmm. Right? And it could just be that you're in a really bad spot and you say, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. One morning... It just creeps in a little bit, and you got to push it back down. Mm -hmm. So I think that everybody on some level knows, and everybody does it. Everybody oh, knows yeah. on some level the lies that they're telling themselves. Okay. Does it benefit us? Yeah, I think so. I think to a, to a certain extent it does. If you can, if you are somebody that struggles with confidence and you're going to do a public speaking thing or maybe you're a kid and you're doing uh, your first recital or a, you know what I mean? Something mm -hmm. like that. And you just have to literally lie to you. Like, I got this. I'm awesome. Been here before, whatever. Like, yeah, yeah I think, I think that'll benefit you. Sure. I think that on the inverse is this situation where you have a person who wants a thing so bad that they're willing to do whatever it takes to get there and then justify that in their head mm. by lying good. to themselves. So, yeah, that's a good point. It's all about the justification. Yeah, because that, that, like you said, this is the only way. I had to do this. Mm. I had to do this. And I do believe that certain people who lie to other people and themselves so much start to believe their own lies. Sure. Oh, God, yeah. And, and I think... Something horrific like that is probably, it's probably the situation. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would agree with that. It's just, it's just interesting to think about that. It's terrifying. Like, wow. Yeah, it's crazy. But the mind is a powerful thing. It sure is. So that was the first story that the yew tree told Connor. The second was about a greedy apothecary. And a parson. So I'm going to tell you what those things are. I was going to say, yeah, I don't, I, I've heard apothecary before, but I'm not. Yeah. So an apothecary is essentially a, a medical professional. Oh, okay. 
uh, he, yeah, he's, he's a chemist where a parson is a, uh, a Christian person responsible for a small area, typically a parish. Oh, okay. All right. So, that makes sense. So I was going to say a mailman because parcels. No, that's fair. <laughs> no, okay. Glad so, I didn't say that. Hey, so a, uh, a chemist or a medicine man and a church, church folk, two guys that are involved. So the apothecary is obsessed with old traditions and beliefs, and he constantly is going after this parson to allow him to cut down the yew tree that is in the back of the uh, the church. Okay, so they're not buddies. They're not buddies. Okay. Uh, again, the apothecary wants to use this for medical ingredients so he can help people of the town. Yep. Um, but the apothecary just starts to become less and less popular and essentially like loses his practice if it okay. was modern day. But then a sickness sweeps across the land and many, many people die. The parson goes to the apothecary and asks him to save the lives of his two ill daughters. So the parson is now going to the apothecary. Yeah. The apothecary who's been asking him to cut down the tree in the back of the churchyard for supplies for medicine. Can you please save my two daughters? The parson promises to give him the tree. And in response, he said he cannot help. And the girls died, along with many other people. The monster awakens from the yew tree to destroy the parson's house and raise it to the ground as punishment. So this is where the fantasy comes in. Okay. The tree comes to life. Yeah. And raises a fucking house. Yeah. Which, this is also a movie uh, starring Liam Neeson, which is why he was our fact guy. A fun fact, yeah. Very, uh, very cool visual. Okay. I gotta say. I didn't love the movie, but some scenes were like, oh, that's cool. Okay. So yeah, the tree comes to life, destroys the house, and all the, and the summary goes on to say that while the apothecary was a nasty, greedy man, he was a healer. And would have saved many, including the girls, if the parson had given him the yew tree when he first asked. The parson, however, was a man who lived off of belief, but had none of his own and changed beliefs as it suited him, which I think is interesting. Mm. So at the end of the story, uh, Connor ends up participating as the monster destroys the parson's house, but he awakens to discover that he's actually vandalized his grandmother's living room. So this was all happening in real time. So the Parsons' house was his grandmother's house that he was in the living room of, literally just destroying just it. fucking shit up. Interesting. But it comes down to the idea of beliefs and if you stand for something or not. And I found that to be, to resonate with me. Because one of the, one of the songs that I really like there's a line in it that's something like, I would rather die for what I believe than live a life with no meaning. And it's like, if you don't believe in anything or you're so wishy-washy, I don't, I don't know. I feel like you don't have, you don't have a North star. You don't have a rudder. I also, so I can, I can understand that. Um, but I think that those words are a lot, they're, they're easy to say when your daughter's on, on their deathbed. Sure. Right. Now, that's not to say that you should just switch up your beliefs whenever it suits you. I also that's, agree. That's, that's not, 
It's not good. It's just not good for you, for your life, for your family. It's just not good. Stand for something and plant your flag on the ground and live or die by that. But that can be hard when it's actually die by that. Sure can. And I think that's where you realize who you are, actually. I would I would have to agree. I don't... You say those things never expecting, like, the other, the other end of it to ever happen. See, the apothecary was a piece of shit. Yeah. Although, you know, he, he helped people. Yeah. But he was a piece of shit through and through. Sure was. I think... It, and that is something that I've thought a lot about, too, since I read the book. And your beliefs and everything like that. They believe two two different things. Again, sure. one was one was medicine, chem, chemistry, like these things will help you, and the other one was more belief based, was religion or what have you, much more uh, of a feeling than it is science. Did the book give a reason why the parson wouldn't wouldn't let him cut down the tree? I don't, I don't fully remember. It had to do with like the fact that it was on the churchyard. It had to do with something with the like symbology of it but it made me think of like core beliefs yeah so even though they believe two different things they did believe in helping people they did believe say in saving people the end product was the same so i thought i found it interesting that this story was about what you believe in and everything like that because at a core level, they did believe the same thing, but they just they just didn't see it. They just didn't. They just couldn't get there. And when things really got rocky, the parson it got even further away. The parson was ready to fold. Yep. Yep. And um, didn't matter at that point. And then the tree destroys the house. Yep. What do you feel is the symbolism of that? It's like you just, folded on your beliefs. Just rage. Just everything has gone wrong. If I had done from my perspective, yeah. If I had just listened from the beginning, we could have avoided all this. If I wasn't so wrapped up in this, and I could have, I could have seen the forest for the trees for the forest, or whatever that saying goes, the opposite of it. Yeah, I could have saved my two daughters. I could have saved the town. But don't you find it interesting that it's the same? It, it is the same yew tree that the apothecary was wanting to cut down, right? Mm-hmm. Which would have killed the tree, and then the tree destroys the parson's house is it that sort of interesting it's because the parson folded yeah but you think the u tree would be like hey thanks for not letting him coming down you would i get i don't know he's he's all about telling the story he's all about you know okay this is this is what i got this is what i'm supposed to do thanks buddy but fuck your house yeah okay Okay. That's a good point. I actually didn't think of that. It's weird, right? Or it's <laughs> yeah. like the guy is like, hey, I'm going to save you. And the tree's like, fuck your house. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. That's a great point. <laughs> fuck your house. <laughs> Ain't no loyalty out here on the streets, boy. <laughs> oh, God. All right. The third story. This one's, this one's relatively short, so maybe I'll read the whole thing. Uh, the summary goes, there was a man who was invisible because no one ever saw him. Tired of this, he summoned the monster to ensure no one forgot to see him again. The monster made them see. But there are harder things than being invisible. As this story is told, Connor is briefly possessed by the monster and physically and violently assaults Harry, 
the school bully, throwing him across the dining hall, putting the boy in the hospital. It's very short. Can you connect those for me? Connect what? That story. To what? So you have an invisible man. Yes. Right. Okay, so, yeah, so let can go into more detail. So the invisible man asked the monster to make it so that nobody forgot him. Yeah. So he did terrible things, you know, tear down a house, cause just cause chaos. Okay. While he's being told this story, Connor, the young boy whose mother is dying of cancer, has been dealing with a bully at his school forever, and he's tired of it. He's tired of being invisible. He's tired of having to deal with this. Yeah. And he snaps and puts the kid in the hospital. Got it. Okay. You think people forgot about him now? Like, and, and, that, and that's what the point of the story was. To me, though, I took it as like, maybe let's not get this far. Like, maybe let's not, maybe let's not be so rage-filled. But then again... Sometimes the only way that you can get somebody's attention is, you know, hit him in the head with a sledgehammer. Quote from the usual suspects. <laughs> so are do all of these stories have an external consequence? So like one of them was he tore up the grandmother's house. This yep. one he puts a kid in the hospital. Yep. Each of these have an external consequence. The first one um, about the king. Yeah. The rest one about the king. Not really. Okay. That one is just about lying to yourself and Okay. The the next the the final three, yeah, especially the last one do. Okay. So Yeah, fuck that bully, dude. I, oh, mean, I think he did the right thing. Yeah, 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 fuck that kid, dude. I got bullied a shitload when I was yeah. in school. And, Me too. And it's a horrible horrible feeling. Fuck that. Dude. Yeah. I was say I don't fuck I, that. You did the right thing, Connor. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yes. 100%. Don't go beat up people. Now, the invisible man, you know, maybe find... I feel like that's that's the easy way out of people to see you is to do bad shit. I would agree. If you could do good stuff consistently over time, like, people will notice and see you. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. One of my buddies used to say, if you want people to like you, don't be a weirdo. That's pretty accurate. <laughs> I don't know if it's good advice or not, but I always laughed. So that's very similar to Big Mike, something he's always told me. If you want to be interesting, be interested. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> just don't be weird. Yeah, Ask questions be and weird, you'll dude. be fine. Yeah. People will like you. Yeah. Yeah. So the fourth story that the monster tells, the monster doesn't actually tell. This is Connor's story. And this is sad. So I'm going to read the whole thing. And uh, then we can talk about it. But I think this is the heaviest point that is, I think, relatable to a lot of life. Can we just quickly recap the lessons of the last three? So the first one was don't lie to yourself. Yep. Right? Second one was... Second one was to hold on to your beliefs. Hold on to your beliefs. Okay. Third story is to essentially not be invisible. Okay. To be open and honest. Okay. That's how I took it. Sure. Sure, sure. In okay. The, in the fourth story, Connor must confront his nightmare to tell it. So in the, in the nightmare, the church around the yew tree is destroyed, and the land underneath Connor's mother's feet collapses, and she almost falls into the dark abyss. Connor holds on to his mother desperately, but she eventually falls into the hole. The monster tells Connor to speak the truth 
but he refuses. The monster yells at Connor, calling for the truth until Connor finally yells that he wishes it was all over. Although Connor loved his mother, he knew from the very beginning that she was going to die. Couldn't bear to know when she would be gone. And part of him, a selfish, very human part, simply wanted all the suffering to end. After Connor faces this truth, his grandmother finds him and takes him to his dying mother's bedside at the hospital. And the fourth story ends with a young boy clinging tightly to his mother's arm. And at seven minutes past midnight, she dies. Fuck. Yeah. It's heavy. He just wanted the suffering to be over. Fuck. It like... Fuck. And that's what got me. And I'm even how, like, how my eyes is, are watery now. How old is Connor? 13. Yeah, man. Fuck. And it, it's such a it's such a part of life. The, the pain and the suffering and everything like that. And I think a lot of people feel guilty about this thought. I just want it to be done. I just want, I want to see the other side. My, uh, my, my grandmother, my mother's mom, died of cancer when my mother was 11. Brutal. Brutal. And it was a drawn out, similar to, similar to this. And I talked to my mother as an adult, <clears throat> and um, very similar. She was uh, very similar. And, and there was feelings of guilt and mm. maybe even betrayal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and I think that the anger that Connor experiences throughout the book and all these different things that he's trying to navigate yeah, all come from that. Well, especially with an absentee father who's Couldn't imagine. on the other side of the globe yep. with his happy-go-lucky family. Yep. That, yeah. I mean, yeah, not really. And cars aren't really in his favor. But the whole idea of being honest with yourself and again, it comes. It, it starts with the first story. It starts with the first story, though. Yeah, but it is. It's. I. I. Yeah, the most brutal of truths. Just want it to be over. I just want the suffering to stop. And not just in not just his mother's, and not just his own, and not just his. But he just every. We need yeah. the situation to be over. Yeah, and. Again, I mean, I, I saw it as a young boy with my, my dad going, watching his dad. And it's that helpless feeling. Well, because you know that this is end, what's happening. The end is going to happen. Yeah. Ugh. So the title of a book, Fuck. A Monster Calls. Again, I guess in those really difficult, dark times, that's what it takes to get through. Is that how it ends? That's how the book ends. Uh, yeah, it, it ends. It ends on a little bit more of a positive note. Again, like they do what they need to do and everything like that. Yeah, he's in a better spot. But yeah, this is this is this is it. Fuck. And then I think I think the four stories are kind of actually reminds me of Harry Potter a little bit with how the so? um, with the stories of the three. Were they brothers? The Weasley Boys? No, one oh. had the invisible cloak, one had the Sorcerer's Stone, and the other one had something else. I don't know. It it just reminded me of the stories that were told in that book as well. Again, these very um, very straightforward stories, but they have a lot more underneath. Yeah, 
And again, I thought this book was really good. And I, I didn't know when I read the book that the idea came from somebody that was terminally ill. It, it, it adds like another level to it. You for think me. that she saw that in her kid? I don't know. I think she saw it in herself. Yeah. Because yeah. thinking about it from that perspective too, like you want it to be done. You would have, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. It, it's some part of you somewhere is tired. Yeah. That's just a, it's just a heavy thing. Yeah. But yeah, so this was a monster calls by Patrick Ness. Uh, heavy again. I we said that from the jump. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I I definitely think it's worth the read. It's only like two hundred pages if you buy a hard copy. It's one hundred and fifty if you buy the Kindle version. Mm-hmm. Like, it's worth the read. In the yeah, there is um some art in it so cool it's all like it looks to me like charcoal and just really messy yeah it's got this really cool feel to it Fuck so even yeah. if you just go to the bookstore and thumb through it the art's pretty cool hell yeah dude well thanks for bringing that hey no problem sorry for being a downer no not at all <laughs> let's turn I mean, this frown I mean, upside a little down. bit but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah i mean a little, a little bit kind but of. I, those are those are core lessons just explained in a in my opinion, like a very real way, right? Yeah. Like if somebody is dealing with that right now, whether mm-hmm. it be their wife, their husband, their kid, their mom, their dad, their grandparent, whatever. This is someone's reality. Yeah, this is someone's reality. And 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 when the end is inevitable, I think all of us are just like, man, let it. Let's just let's just get. We want the suffering to end. To end. Yeah. Let's just get some closure on this. Yeah. Tough. Heavy. Very tough. Let's drink beers. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. And we're happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To uh, and to wash away the sadness. Yes. Or wa- wash it down. Wash it down. Yeah, not washing it away. <laughs> it's going to sit with us. But we got some, some UFO beer. And this is kind of fun because... It was a variety pack, limited release. We've never had any of these. I've never even seen them before in the store. Neither. No. Uh, and the first one that we have to talk about, well, the only one we'll talk about on this one, is the UFO Strawberry Invasion. Yeah. This is a strawberry wheat beer with an alcohol content of 5.1%. Never had a strawberry beer before. No. You pick this up and you smell it. You smell strawberries I'm in the field. Off the rip, dude. <laughs> so, what do we have to say about the UFO strawberry invasion? Well, first, there's no need to fear these strawberry ships. They come in peace and are ready to invade your taste buds. This slightly sweet strawberry wheat beer is fruity, smooth, and exclusively available in our Berry Blaster mix pack. Tasting notes deliciously smooth. And slightly sweet. This wheat beer is perfect for those looking for a fruity yet well balanced drink. Hey. <laughs> hey. Hold on. Don't we have a, a UFO sound? I don't know. No. No. It was no. this. Was it that? Yeah. All right. Never mind. But the can is kind of cool. So I'm big into space. It's got a little bit of a green planet and then strawberries that look like they look like asteroids to me but yeah. i can understand the ship aspect now 
Um, they look like asteroids. Yeah, but pretty lively, uh, lively can. Oh, brewed with real strawberries. And uh, it's interesting. It does smell of strawberry. Let's take a. It is interesting. Oh, it tastes good. Interesting. No, it tastes good. It is good. good. No, no, I agree. It is good. It's Uh, just interesting. Yeah, so I definitely taste strawberry. It is smooth. Um, I would almost say it's like a little too smooth. It's almost like too thin for me. Yes. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's, it, it. It tastes and feels more like a cider than a beer. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it's because it's a wheat beer. Maybe. I don't hate it. Oh, I didn't think you did. No, I don't hate it. Um, Might hate you. It might hate me. (laughs) Wouldn't be the first thing. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't hate it. Uh, Yeah, okay. What are you going to rate it? I I don't know. I went first last time. Uh, Yeah, okay. All right. Um... This just isn't my style of beer. Mm. So mm. I'm going to go with like a 4-3. Yeah. Wow, okay. Giving it a 5. You're just saying average. Yeah. Just yeah. Could drink a few of them. Uh You tastes- could. Yeah. I couldn't have more than one. Really? Yeah, no. How come? Because it's like, this is like a very odd mix between like uh, a rosé, like a strawberry rosé of Ooh. wine with like a cider with maybe a splash of, I don't know. It's just a very odd mix. Okay. But if that's true, I'm not, you should try it. I think people you should, should try, try it because it's interesting. Hell yeah. Um, But, you know, have some people around so that if you don't like it, you can... Okay, I love blueberry beer. Okay, I love like what you sit, salt dog. Whoa, what you sit, love blueberry beer. Okay, strawberry this beer. This is not not on blueberry that level. beer. Okay, yeah, it's not on. It's not on that level. You into pumpkin beer? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is why I was like, oh, I, I think I'm gonna really like this stuff, but but. I think blueberry and pumpkin, it's a lot easier to get that kick of Oh, God, beer. yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yep. This has to... This is executed perfectly for what it is. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, it right? is. Yep. It's executed perfectly for what it is. It's just not my ideal beer. That's mm. all. Yeah, I can respect that. All right, brother. Want to put a little bow on it? <laughs> Yeah, you can put a bow on it. Yeah, go, actually, go cry for a wanna, little bit. Do you want to throw it in a coffin? Yeah, Jesus, <laughs> black bow. We'll just do a black bow. We'll do a black bow today. Um, if the people want to get in touch with you, how do they do it? Find me on Instagram. It is Justin underscore DL Project. Uh, I apologize if the story made you sad. Yeah, but a little heavy. A lot of people don't like to be sad. Like, and I get that. I'm yeah. one of them. <laughs> yeah. No. No. But you know. Everybody needs a dose of reality every yeah, once in a while. It's life. If you want to get in touch with the podcast, we are at The Do Life Project on Instagram and TikTok. You can check us out online, thedolifeproject.com. If you'd like to get in touch with me, I am at Joshua underscore does underscore life on Instagram, at Joshua does underscore life on the Twitch machine. If you haven't left us a review yet, please take the two seconds to do so. 
Click the know, button. Click the button. It helps us out a lot. Um, thank you so much for listening. And until next time. Smash that like button.